0: Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. How are you doing and welcome. Wonderful to be with you. Yes, it is Rabbi Michael Katz here back on a Wednesday. Believe it or not, this is a Wednesday. For the first time in just about a month, that is not a public holiday. Isn't it amazing that um, the last time we spoke was around about Pesach time. And here looking a few weeks on, we had uh, last week uh, the public holiday with the elections, the week before the public holiday of the 1st of May, the week before that was um, still in the midst of Pesach, and here we are, uh, <coughs> those uh, number of weeks on, um, right in the middle of Svirata Omer, already well into uh, the month of ER. Cruising up towards Shavuot, and uh, so much has happened um, in this uh, period of time since we last spoke, but it's wonderful to be back with you, and uh, somehow our little blurb there seems to have lost a little point of uh, Judaism 101. Point nine, I I think that's uh, what it really should be saying. We're saying Judaism 101, so uh, perhaps we'll rectify that as we go along. Um, This is what happens when you miss so many shows due to public holidays. They forget the point nine, and uh, very, very important in the midst of all of these things. Well, what should we be discussing right now on Judaism 101.9? Of course, there is so much, but I'd like to focus today on... um, (coughs) Sometimes there are things within Judaism that get lost. There are things that um, we neglect to see or to observe. We overlook. We tread underfoot. um, Whatever your favorite expression is for missing out on something. And one of those um, special dates in Judaism that somehow um, gets sort of swept under the carpet is a date in Judaism that is coming up in the coming week. Yes, in the week ahead on Sunday, in fact, is the 14th day in the month of Iyar. The 14th day in the month of Iyar has got a special name to it. Originally, the Talmud called it the uh, little Pesach, um, but it is now commonly known as Pesach Sheni, Pesach Sheni, the second Pesach. And what is the second Pesach all about? What relevance is there to us? Um, Where does it all come from? And uh, what do we have to do about it? These are the things we're going to be discussing today in Judaism 101.9. Let's begin by... The following, and that is that there are so many people who still out there want to make sure that what they do has um, a firm basis and is rooted, as people often ask, where in the Torah does it say that we have to do this or that we have to do that? Now, first of all, we've got to just dispel the myth and tell you that... Um, Not everything that we do has to be written in the Torah. There is a certain amount of um, uniformity, unity, uh, synchronicity that there has to be between us as individuals, human beings as Jews and God himself. God gives us a manuscript, but it's not necessarily something that is absolutely all-encompassing. Although, if we were to keep everything that was just written in the Torah itself, and obviously when people refer to the Torah itself, they're talking about the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, and uh, people like to have that kind of as their blueprint for life. Um, Halavai, if only we could keep up to just what that um, needs from us, we'd be doing very, very well. But that's not the be-all and end-all of Judaism because God gave us an opportunity to um, interpret and to um, look at things that are necessary um, within human life and may not be mentioned in the Torah Sometimes because they're obvious Sometimes because there are things that don't warrant mention And sometimes because there are things that we need to discover ourselves And that we ourselves need to follow and we need to track and we need to keep up with And therefore the uh, five books of Moses alone is not enough Um, For us as Jews uh, to regard as the only thing that counts in the Torah Of course there's the whole oral Torah The Talmud and everything and all the interpretations And everything that was written um, and uh, discussed and thought about thereafter All of this forms part of the bulk of the um, everything that we call Torah today But this Pesach Sheni, believe it or not That is coming up on Sunday although it is often uh, disregarded it's not that highly celebrated people don't know that much about it is actually mentioned in the torah the torah itself talks about pesach sheni and it specifically talks about pesach sheni not only in terms of the first time that it occurred but it talks about it as being for all your generations it talks about it as being necessary For the future as well And therefore we need to say That no matter what our view is Of the Torah And its um, um, Not authenticity But the authenticity And the deep rooted um, uh, Origins of the things that we do Here's one that is completely Firmly and absolutely based in Torah About Pesach Sheni The second Pesach Well what was it about? It was actually in the times that the Jewish people were in the desert, and if we think about it, most of Judaism was actually founded in that uh, realm. There are so many things that we do today that were um, that pertain to and that happened for the first time or that have their foundation in the period of time from when the Jewish people left Egypt until we arrived in Israel. This was one of them, and what had happened was we had gotten out of Egypt, of course. In um, the first year, let's call it, of the Exodus, we got out of Egypt on uh, the 15th of Nisan. On the 14th of Nisan, we had had the Pesach offering in Egypt. We had put the blood on the doorposts. We had done all of that stuff. And then we quit Egypt on the 15th, which would correspond to the first day of Pesach. We then went off into um, the desert. And um, one year later, we um, celebrated Pesach. So for the first time, Pesach was celebrated in the desert. Remember, between, uh, between the two Pesachs, we had received the Torah, and now we were celebrating Pesach according to the laws that were laid down in the Torah in that first year in the desert. But what happened was um, some people came along with a very, very important and a very relevant um, question. That they raised with the leadership They brought it to Moses and to Aaron And they said It um, is a one Time opportunity to celebrate Pesach There is the opportunity to bring the Pesach offering And to celebrate Pesach On the 14th of Nisan to, To bring the sacrifice And to celebrate on the 15th In the evening with the eating of the matzah And the paschal lamb and all of those things And what happens is some of us, unfortunately, find us in a ritual state of impurity, which are also laws that they had recently learnt. We find ourselves in a state whereby we cannot bring this Pesach offering. And why should we be jeopardized? Why? Just because, through no fault of our own, because perhaps somebody has died and I have been in contact with the, a dead body and therefore I'm ritually Impure, I'm ritually unable to bring that sacrifice. Why should I be jeopardized? Why should I miss out on something so important, so significant, so relevant to my life and to my year? I don't want to miss out on Pesach. Could you imagine? People were arguing in the desert that they wanted to have Pesach. They didn't want to be uh, uh, cut out of Pesach. I think there are a lot of people... Um, Who may argue the other way, if we think about the difficulties of Pesach, the fact that we have to clean the home, we have to do um, all of that sort of stuff, we've got to uh, get matzah, change our diet, we don't feel that comfortable, all of those things, the Jewish people understood intrinsically how important it was for them to celebrate Pesach, and they came along and they had a very valid complaint, a very valid question. Why should we be jeopardized? Why should we not celebrate Pesach? Why should we be cut out if perhaps it was through no fault of our own? And the Torah responds and God says, In answer to your question, my children, Pesach, Sheni. One month later, you will not be jeopardized. One month later, on the 14th of Iyar, You can bring that sacrifice, you'll have an opportunity to purify yourselves, you'll have an opportunity to fix up the reasons for the fact that you didn't bring it in the first place. And therefore one month later on the 14th of Iyar, you can bring the Pesach offering just like you did on the 14th, or you should have done on the 14th of Nisan. And so one month later, 14th of Iyar is exactly a month after the Paschal offering of of Pesach, it is the second Pesach, the opportunity to rectify, the opportunity to fix, the opportunity to get back to exactly where we should be. We'll be back with you after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Chai FM is many things to many people. Chai is your source of the latest news from the Middle East. Chai is your platform for learning. Chai FM is your companion, and Chai FM is your connection to a greater community. For ten years, Chai FM has brought you award-winning radio, and now we're asking you to partner with us on Lag B'Omer. That's this Thursday, next Thursday. Sorry, next Thursday, the twenty-third of May, for the Chai FM Feed Our Fire Radiothon, where you help us to keep bringing you everything that keeps us a great radio station. Call, pledge, challenge. The call center number is 010-140-4090. That's 010-140-4090. Chai FM. Unprescribed, unscripted, and uncensored. Getting back to our basics of Judaism, and Judaism 101.9, um, we have been briefly discussing as an introduction to Pesach Sheni, the second Pesach, coming up this coming Sunday. And the source for it, the foundation for it, of course, is in the Torah itself, in the book of Numbers, where Hashem prescribes to the Jewish people who uh, were worried that they were left out of that very first Pesach that was celebrated a year after we got out of Egypt in the desert, that they may have been unclean, they may have been impure, they may have been ritually unfit to bring the Pesach offering, and why should they have been jeopardized? And Hashem gives them an answer, and the answer coming directly from him, we're told was, Pesach Sheni is going to come into existence. You asked, you challenged, and we responded, is what God is telling them. And the response is that you can and you should celebrate Pesach. One month later, bring your Pesach offering. It will be deemed as much as good as possible, as, as as the uh, first Pesach as though you had brought it on Pesach itself and this is a way that one month later you can make good on the difficulties, the circumstances that you may have been in. And so it was in fact an answer to a call, a plea by the Jewish people of why should we be left out, that God responds in this way. And he tells us there and then that this is not only going to be for you but it's going to be the This is going to be for your futures. This is going to be for your future generations, for everybody thereafter. You should know that in the times of the temple and uh, when it was possible to bring the Pesach offering, you will have the opportunity a month later. If you had a reason for uh, missing out on Pesach, if you were ill or you were far away or you were ritually unclean, There was a reason why you could not bring the Pesach offering, not necessarily um, something where you couldn't care less. Um, That, of course, was not really covered by uh, the Pesach Sheni, but certainly if you had decided to take a trip and you didn't make it back in time, so it wasn't something that was really anybody else's fault, um, there was an opportunity for you to bring the Pesach offering one month later. It existed in the times of the Bote Migdash, of the temples. Unfortunately, the concept of bringing uh, the sacrifices and celebrating Pesach in the way that we did in the Beit HaMikdash in the temple has been lost to us since the destruction of the second temple, those thousands of years ago. And yet there has to be a relevance for Pesach Sheni today. Now, it's observed, as we know, on the 14th of Iyar. This coming Sunday is the 14th of Iyar. And people are sometimes confused, or there's sometimes some kind of a a thought to discussion. Hey, but one second. Pesach actually occurs on the 15th of Nissan, One month later, why shouldn't it have been, why should it not have been the 15th of Iyar? One month later, that's a month after Pesach. Use that number, the 15th, which is... Pesach was Pesach itself In the month of Nisan What uh, we need to Be cognizant of is the fact that Pesach is the One festival that actually If we think about it starts A lot earlier than just at nightfall Because not only Is there a preparation that Takes place for some days, weeks Sometimes months before Pesach To get ourselves ready and to make sure that Our homes are ready and so on But the day before is certainly a day of great preparation for Pesach Traditionally it was the day before Pesach That people tried their utmost to bake their own matzah That the matzah of Erev Pesach was the real mitzvah matzah That was baked um, fresh and ready for the Pesach Seder uh, Somehow similar to the way that a woman on a Friday uh, Bakes her challah in order to have it ready for Friday night Well there was a very significant Um, Idea, and ideal To try and make your own matzah On Erev Pesach Of course we're not equipped to do it We're not au fait with all of those rules And all those regulations As well as the fact that we don't have the right ovens And equipment and so on And so therefore it's uh, standard tradition Just about everywhere that we Have matzah already in our possession Sometime before that we've purchased from elsewhere But be that as it may There was something significant about preparing On the day before Pesach And It probably came from the fact that on the day before Pesach in temple times, there was great preparation that was taking place, including the Paschal offering. The Pesach offering, which was the lamb that was then taken after it had been slaughtered in the temple. It was then taken and uh, placed on your own homemade uh, spit or braai and served at the Pesach Seder that night. Um, The day of the sacrifice was actually on the 14th of Nissan. So one month later for the Pesach offering. Which was really what the people were on about. Really what they were worried about. Was this Pesach offering that they were jeopardized from. That they wouldn't be able to bring. And one month later is of course the 14th. But there's something else that perhaps is very significant to all of this. And some of our sages point out. That when we think about this period of time that we're in. The period of time between Pesach and Shavuot is also a time of great preparation. The mode of the Jewish people, the mindset of the Jewish people at this time, is one of working on ourselves and preparing ourselves for Matan Torah for the giving of the Torah, uh, which we hope we are going to be privileged to receive once again, albeit in a spiritual sense, on Shavuot in a few weeks' time. And this period of time, the counting of the Omer, the Sfira, of um, um, the counting process is not just about counting the days and marking time and making sure that we are now one step closer to the receiving of the Torah. But it's about the value of time, what we put into it, what we take out of it, what we do with that time, as well as how we work on ourselves. We've come through Pesach. We're now in the midst of a period of time, seven full weeks of preparation for the receiving of the Torah once again. To work on ourselves, to work on every fiber of our being, every fiber of our souls, every part of our uh, midot, and to make sure that we are readily prepared and properly prepared for the Torah when it is given to us um, once again on Shavuot. And so therefore, since it is a time of preparation, there was a feeling, perhaps, to link Pesach Sheni with the 14th of Iyar, the day of preparation. It was the day of preparing for Pesach. It wasn't the day of Pesach itself. And interestingly enough, when it came to the celebration of uh, Pesach Sheni, the Torah prescribes, and we're told quite clearly, that the only thing that the Jewish people did if they were keeping that second Pesach was actually just to eat the Pesach offering. They would eat it with matzah and maror, and that was done, and then they had fulfilled. They had done the mission. They didn't have to clean out their homes. They didn't have to scrub their kitchens down. They didn't have to cover their counters. They didn't have to have only um, unleavened foods in the home. They had to just keep this Pesach offering and eat it um, with matzah and maror. That was what they did, and then once done, it was fulfilled. Yes, there were similar rules to the Pesach offering, that nothing could be left over till the morning, that it had to be completely consumed. All of that sort of stuff still applied to the Pesach offering, but it was just the Pesach offering and not the celebration of a full chag of Pesach like we know it. And therefore it was found fit and important to make sure that this was only done on the 14th. And in fact, we commemorate it today simply by eating matzah on the 14th. So eating matz on the 14th, which is this coming Sunday, is something that has become a, a, a custom worldwide, the Jews on the 14th of Iyar, Eat a piece of matzah. We eat something on the day of the 14th. There are some who strict to eat it in the morning and the afternoon. And there are some still who, because of the lie of the land, of the way that it was, that there was the day of preparation and there was the day of um, the celebration of pesach perhaps in the evening or when in temple times the jewish people who had not brought the paschal offering the pesach offering on the 15th of nisan and now brought it on the on the on the 14th of nisan and now brought it on the 14th of iyar they would still eat their pesach offering in the evening and then their pesach offering was done and dusted and they had sorted out this gap in their lives that um, there are some who even today would eat some matzah on the 15th as well. But it's regarded as the most important time to be done actually on the 14th, commemorating the Paschal offering itself in a way in a way, and in a stage of pre- preparation, of preparing ourselves, um, which is the theme of this period of time, in order to be able to make sure that we're no longer in a state of ritual impurity, In whichever way we can possibly rectify that To make sure that we have got the benefits Of um, all the good good and positive uh, energies That we need during this period of time That we've worked on purifying ourselves On fixing ourselves On making ourselves ready For Zman Matan Torah For the period, the time of the receiving of the Torah Which we look forward to in a few weeks time So, the Pesach Offering Uh, The Pesach um, um, program for Pesach Sheni, uh, the uh, coming week on Sunday, is to eat some matzah, and we do this um, on uh, Sunday hopefully during the day, and some would even do it in the evening as well. By the way, the Lubaditcher Rebbe encouraged people to also eat a piece of matzah on the Sunday evening meal as much as during the day in order to fulfill all of these requirements and requests. Now, it was interesting to note that this Pesach offering um, for the second Pesach was even allowed... For what we would call willful offenders Because the Torah says That the second Pesach Was for those who had been impure Or distant from Jerusalem And by the way, interestingly enough The distance from Jerusalem In order to bring or not bring Or to be exempt from bringing the Pesach offering On uh, Pesach And the first Pesach on the Pesach itself Was more than What is known as 15 mil Away from Yerushalayim 15 miles um, more or less, perhaps 15 kilometers is possibly a little more accurate. It's not that far, and it's worked out as being the kind of distance that a person could safely have walked if you woke up in the morning and uh, you would have been there by lunchtime kind of thing um, in Yerushalayim. You were more of a distance than that, and therefore uh, we're not going to make it to get your Pesach offering in on time. You could then um, be one of those people who got the – uh, Dubai. You got the uh, second date. You got the uh, the uh, make-up date. What do they call it? The rain date uh, that you kind of had for a, your Pesach offering. Anyone else who neglected to bring the Pesach offering the first time round could now make amends on the second Pesach. And it was even people who perhaps didn't have the best excuse. If people. Um, were willfully away If uh, there was some kind of um, Intention for being away And it was something that they had done themselves They too were allowed to make up They were allowed to bring the Pesach offering One month later On this second Pesach And so it is known Of course as being A date on which We think about within Judaism The concept of the fact That it is never too late The fact that God will always take us back, the fact that God will always give us an opportunity to make good, there is never a a lost opportunity, really. There are many that we say, well, wow, missed opportunity, you missed the chance to do that mitzvah. Hashem says, Pesach Shani comes to remind us and to remember that even if you think. That everything is lost, even if you think that you have missed on the golden opportunities and you haven 't been able to do exactly what you thought um, was uh, needed at the time don 't allow yourself to be sunken into a depression don 't allow yourself to be in a state whereby you say oh, i 've messed up and there 's no way back. God says there is a way back there 's a way back through your torah there 's a way back through your judaism there 's a way back through the kind and benevolent and wonderful God that we All um, have there and ready and at our disposal to look after us, to care for us, to see that everything is taken care of and God always gives us a second chance. This is about taking that chance and that opportunity with open arms, with open hands, with uh, a warmth and an embrace, making sure that we seize this opportunity and we don't allow it to be a uh, same mistake that we make twice but rather that we rectify, that we put it right, and we get back to exactly where we should be. We'll be back where we should be right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Now, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, known as the Yavits, who lived in the early part of the 1700s, writes that it was revealed to me, he said, from heaven, the Jews were given a second chance to bring the Paschal offering, the Pesach offering, specifically on the 14th of Iyar, because that was the last day the Jews still had leftover matzah from when they left Egypt on Pesach. The matzah had lasted for a full month, and they still had matzah till that day, the 14th. After eating the last bit that night, on the eve of the 15th, the Jews complained to God, and they said, What will we eat? And it was on the day of the 15th of Iyar that the manna began to fall. So isn't this an interesting um, idea, an interesting interpretation, and an interesting thought um, brought to us by um, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, where he says that the first time that the Jewish people ate manna, the manna in the desert, was actually the 15th of Iyar, which will be next week, Monday. And that, therefore, in a certain sense, the 14th marked the culmination of the miracle of the Exodus, while the 15th actually marked a new phase of miracles in the desert with the manna. Our last kind of vestige, our last link, our last um, taste of matzah was actually in the desert on the 14th of er And therefore, kind of another endorsement for the fact that it was on the 14th of er That we were sort of, albeit a month later, saying goodbye to the Pesach phase of our lives, to the Matzah phase of our lives. And now we were beginning some a new phase, and this phase being the phase of the miracles of the desert, the manna, and God providing for us in a completely different fashion. Whatever the story, and however that actually transpired and actually happened, practically speaking... There are two major things that we need to come away with about Pesach Sheni in our discussion today. Number one is that on the 14th of Iyar, er, which is this coming Sunday, Sunday during the day, we should eat matzah. We should eat a little bit of matzah. We should taste matzah at some stage during the day to keep in line with that beautiful custom of linking with our sages from way back when, and of commemorating and thinking about the concept of Pesach Sheni. The only other thing that is, or that takes place on that day from a spiritual point of view or a practical point of view, is that Tachanun prayers, the supplication prayers that are said um, in uh, Shachrit and in Mincha, um, in our prayer services in the morning and in the afternoon, are omitted. We do not say Tachanun on Pesach Sheni. It's got a semblance of a Chag, a semblance of a Yom incorporated into that day. The second and perhaps more important um, spiritual message from Pesach Sheni is the idea of the fact that it's never too late. We can make amends. We can fix things. We can... And we should never feel forlorn. We should never feel that we're lost. We'll never feel that um, there is no hope. There is always hope. We can always return. We can always make a comeback, and God provides us this comeback trail. He gives us this opportunity um, with the concept in Judaism of Pesach Sheni. So perhaps it is um, most important during this period of time when we're really thinking about polishing the diamonds, about polishing all these beautiful attributes that we have in our refining of our character traits in the in the lead-up to Shavuot, in the lead-up to Zman Matantor Atenu that we referred to before. Perhaps it's important to put our um, um, general thinking caps on and understand that even though we may be feeling what is the point, um, I have so many... <laughs> Overriding difficulties I'm talking about Refining a tiny little dimension Of my being of my soul And yet I am nowhere near that God gives us the assurance During this period of time That there may be Perhaps a time when you come to um, in The middle, the center uh, Past the center of the period of Refinement of lead up to Shavuot Where we think What is this really? Is it really all worthwhile? I'm Kind of getting nowhere because I've got this big block I've got um, so much more To deal with than these little Inferences and these little tiny aspects And dimensions of my soul And Pesach Sheni Comes along and says no Nothing is it's never too late. You can always make good. You can always fix. You can always rectify. God is always going to give you another opportunity. He's always going to give you a second chance, and God judges you favorably. Make a little more effort. Do something a little bit better, and you'll be well on the path to understanding what Pesach Sheni is truly all about. Back with you after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Now, there are many people who have the custom that after the counting of the Omer, they recite, amongst other things, Psalm number 67. Psalm number 67 contains 49 words. That's not counting the introductory verse. 49 words in the psalm. According to the Arizal, uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, each word corresponds to a different night of the Omer, and one should have that word in mind, when reciting the omer. The same applies to verse five of that psalm, which contains forty nine letters, each one corresponding to another night. If you take a look in many sidurim, when we are counting the omer, you see that there at the kind of at the end of the line where you've got each day or date mentioned There may be a word, a small word that's written there, and a letter corresponding to each night of the Omer. This is what it corresponds to. It corresponds to one of the words in that psalm, which is said afterwards, Lam Natsayach. And it also then, there is, if, if you take the fifth verse of that psalm, take a look at it. And in that fifth verse, there are 49 letters, and one of them will be a letter from that particular verse That is lined up with each night of the counting of the Omer, of course, for all the 49 days of the Sfirah. Now, based on this, some point out that on the 14th of Iyar, which is the 29th day of the Omer, that corresponds to the word Tanchem. Tanchem meaning comfort them. And then that's the word and the letter would be the letter Yud. The letter Yud being the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The word Tanchem has a numerical value. If we take the gematria, the numerical value, the number value of the word, of 498. If we take the letter Taf, it is 400. The Nun, 50. The Chet is 8. And the Mem is 40. Add it up, 498. If we then add on the letter Yud, which is a numerical value of 10, you get to the number of 508 508 This Interestingly enough Is the same numerical value As the words Pesach Sheni So we see therefore A very important direct Mystical numero- Numerologically correct Hint That in the verse itself That the main celebration of Pesach Sheni Is on the 14th of Iyar. It all lines up It's all synchronized. It's all there for us to believe, to see, and to behold. I want to wish you a great uh, rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead, a wonderful Pesach Sheni. Hopefully we have uh, learned something together today, and hopefully we will be able to remember that on this Pesach Sheni, it's a statement about our lives that um, it's never too late. We can always make good. We can always make a comeback. We where there's not only where there's life, there's hope, but where we're around with the powers that are uh, that Hashem has invested in us, we have the ability to overcome any of the challenges that the world may throw at us. I Want to wish you a great Pesach Sheni, a great Shabbat, and look forward to being back with you again, same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.